We are the Matea Group of Keller Williams Realty. We enjoy the diverse community that we serve and the lifestyle that Maine has to offer. We'll be talking all things real estate and Maine. Welcome to the Maine Real Estate Show. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Maine Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Jeff Matea of Keller Williams Realty, the Matea Group, and JeffSellsMaine.com. Here with me is my co-host, Harrison Smith. What's going on, Harrison? Not too much. How are we doing, Jeff? Very good. Very good. Well, uh, you know, welcome to everybody that's joining us wherever they do their podcasts. Um, but also just wanted to talk to everybody about our last show, a recap of affordable housing and in your visit with uh, Patrick Thornton from Phoenix Title. Uh, so we learned a lot there and, you know, recap that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to start with affordable housing, it, it's, a, it's a topic we hear a lot about. It's in the news, I feel like, every day. Um, and I hope people can understand from that show some of the complexities to affordable housing. You know, in this, in an inflationary environment, high demand market, affordable housing is not always easy to make work. It's going to require a lot of a lot of potential solutions, a lot of collaboration. It's not a you know, idea today, execution tomorrow kind of proposition. It is going to be a longer term solution that requires everybody in the industry working together. So um, it's something we'll keep updated on. We'll continue to follow, but it's a big deal. Um, and then with Patrick, yeah, it was great to catch up with Patrick from Phoenix Title in Portland. They're a great partner of ours. We do a lot of closings with Patrick. Sure. Um, helping people understand what a title company does. I think title companies are not necessarily in every state. You know, we get a lot of out-of-state buyers sure. in this marketplace. Right. We'll talk about that. Have an attorney versus a title. Yeah. Yeah. So the title company concept can be a little bit foreign to some people. And also understanding deeds and title and why title insurance I think is so important because what I love about what Patrick does is he's always educating. And that's why yeah. I thought it'd be such a great resource to share with people what they do, why they do it, and what the benefits of title insurance are. When you're exactly right. I mean, right. The, the, you know, the media leads with interest rates, inflation, right. you know, buying and selling, and doesn't really get into, you know, it's kind of a bland topic to talk about title. So right. it's, it's nice to showcase that and, and, and deliver what they do and, you know, making sure that they're researching and finding if there's any defects or issues with title um, because yeah, records and stuff can be lost forged, et cetera. So there's a, a number of uh, facets there that plays a big, big part in the actual closing of real estate transaction. Absolutely. There's a lot that goes into a real estate closing. There's a lot of factors that impact the transaction. I think everybody gets stuck on interest rates and all this stuff, but really there is a lot that goes into a closing, a lot that goes into making sure that the buyer and seller get out of this, what they need. And it's important to understand, as we keep saying, real estate's a team sport. And these are some of the team members we work with to make sure our clients right. have a great experience. Yeah, so we have a great show today. We have uh, we're going to dive right into the uh, the top five trends in the market. Everybody asks us like, what's going on? Where's inventory? Where's interest rates? What's going? Where are people coming from? Which leads into right that migration to Maine, uh, which we saw a great infographic uh, regarding where people are moving from to join us here in Maine. That was in Maine Biz, I believe, uh, showing each state and then that trend from 2021, 2022. And I'm interested to see what 2023 looks like exactly. and how that, you know, is that still follow the lines um, there? So let's dive right into the uh, the top five trends, uh, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So the, the purpose of this, I think, is, is more so to um, help people understand the local impacts. You know, we talk all the time, real estate is very much local. Mm -hmm. Even when you look at statewide information, sometimes it can be a little bit misleading to maybe the marketplace that you're in. So I thought it'd be good to take this article. I'm pretty sure this article was in Bangor Daily News a few weeks ago. Right, right. Um, and just outline, you know, what people are talking about and give you some color as to what we're seeing here locally. Um, and then we'll do a state of the market show here in a couple of weeks to bring people up to current on what's going on. But with that, the, so the top trend, and this one I think is not just statewide, it's probably countrywide right yeah, now. Yeah, national for um, sure. You know, number of listings continues to fall. So inventory continues to remain very, very right. tight, very low. 
Uh, and we're seeing a 50% or more reduction across the state. Yeah, that's incredible um, to see that year over year. And we thought, you know, with all the news that, um, you know, the market would suffer. And really the, the suffering is more that there's just not enough out there for the demand that's created. So the demand is just driving right, pure economics. Correct. Demand is out, you know, out producing, you know, we'll call it out producing supply. So prices are going up. They're still going up mm -hmm. and we're seeing multiple offers. So lack of inventory is actually creating a kind of false narrative of where the market's headed. Um, there's probably going to be a correction at some point in time, and but we're still withstanding and people are getting, you know, above asking offers. We'll dive into that in a little bit. But, you know, if you list your house now, you're getting a lot of activity on your home as sure. long as it's priced right. And uh, the right homes are actually still seeing no inspections. Buyers are gobbling up what they can. Um, I actually talked to a broker just before the show up north, Central Maine. There's very little inventory. So if there's anything that is anywhere near checks seven out of the 10 boxes for a buyer. They're picking it up because they, they need a home. They yep. can't find what they're looking for. It's better than nothing. Yep. And I, I think you, you nailed it when you mentioned the false narrative people right now, I think are seeing the headlines and feeling like this is all interest rate driven. And it really isn't. There are still so many buyers in the marketplace because again, you know, the national interest rate app or the historical interest rate average is 7.8%. We're still below the historical average. I bought my first house at seven and a half percent. I know people that bought their first houses in the teens. Yeah. Um, so it's not just interest rate driven. We are at the point where, where the demand for housing is outstripping the amount of supply available. And that's been the case for since 2020 and continues right. to be the case. And really, if there was more inventory, there would be more movement. There just isn't because we don't have the inventory. Yeah. And, and what's crazy too is the number of folks, and I talk to them daily, that say, well, you know, the market's not great. Well, where are you hearing that from? Because right. um, actually we put you know, X number of homes under contract in the last week and above asking offers and sight unseen offers inspections waived it's still happening so there's pockets and i get it maybe they you know watched the news on one given day when interest rates went over seven yeah. and the market kind of slipped but i get it some of the national media will say right prices have declines where yeah. yes on a national average when you factor in all of the um, states and cities where the market went so crazy yeah. people are bidding three four five hundred thousand over asking to get a home that yeah obviously there's a correction well then when you measure that and it's again the average or we talk the median in comparison but if you're cumberland county you're not experiencing that you're, you're seeing actually still price appreciation in a number of areas many of the cities in and around uh, portland for sure yeah and i think that it's important to point out the point you just made when you look across the country there are areas that are seeing significant reductions in price mm -hmm. you know austin texas denver colorado and the issue is those markets didn't get overinflated price-wise because of the economics of it. They got overpriced because money was cheap and people wanted to go there. Yeah. So people were people were in some cases making crazy offers they didn't necessarily have to because they they so badly wanted to be in those places for some reason, whether it's quality of life or work. Yeah. Whereas in Maine, we have real supply and demand issues. In other mm -hmm. places like Austin, we've got a ton of new construction in big neighborhoods. They don't have the same inventory problems that we had. You just had people that were coming in with very, very low interest rates coming from markets where they had a lot of cash on hand because they sold well, something else absolutely. and willing to pay insane prices. And that's where you're seeing markets adjust. And, and no pun intended, but they were playing with house money. We, we talked about how you know people saw that crazy appreciation in the stock market or their business oh, yeah. or what have you, their house appreciated astronomically in the two years during COVID that they were already, well, I've got 200, 300,000 more than I ever thought my house was worth. Yeah. I know I'm buying into crazy market and I think it's going to continue to go up. So let's say we're going to stay here for the next cycle, 10, 15 years. That 
200, 300,000 of play money, you know, it's not play money, it's real. It is. Uh, but they saw that, wow, I mean, I, I only painted my house and it's worth $200,000 more in the five years I've lived in it. Yeah, I take that out and buy the next one and we'll stay here for a while. And maybe it happens again, maybe it doesn't, but it's just on paper and they're just making that move. But again, their lifestyle where they wanted to be was the driver, not, oh my God, I'm paying more for the, this house. Someone paid only 300,000 six years ago and I got to pay six, 700,000 for it. Well, no, I got also two to $300,000 more for my house. So it's just that, you know, domino, that leapfrog into the next piece. And, and that happens. I mean, that's what happens over cycles anyway. Mm -hmm. When you bought your house 20, 30, 40 years ago, for fifty to hundred thousand dollars, well, surely there's now you can't find a home under three hundred thousand. It seems, and was the next one going to be? There's no homes under four hundred thousand, and going, you know, and so on and so on. Yeah, and inf inflation yeah. kind of begets inflation. So, right, you know, to your point, you, you got all that extra money in your house. You're not you're not afraid to pay more for the next house. And what we always see is that when people have cash reserves and confidence in where things are going they become a lot less worried about price. They consume. And yeah. exactly, they consume, they spend, and they're not afraid to invest. And I think for some people, right. because they wanted to be in these areas for whatever reason it was, yep. they were they were willing to pay a price that maybe the market didn't require. And now we're seeing those markets come back to reality. Not an issue here, certainly that's, somewhere. Yeah, that's exactly places. right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the second trend, fewer homes sold above list price. Uh, we're seeing that at 27%, which is down from, is it down 15%? Down 15%. Down 15%. So I don't know that we're seeing that here locally, again, this is a, this is a statewide mm -hmm. uh, figure. Um, so I'd, you know, challenge that a bit in pockets. I know that uh, that's definitely not the case. Sure. Many of your homes in Portland are selling uh, above asking and, and, you know, still a larger proportion are expecting that. Even so that I've seen listings that may not have gotten an offer right away because buyers actually with feedback that we've received on some listings said, oh, well, I, I would pay list price, but I'm not going higher or I can't go much higher. That's out of our budget. If I have to compete, I'm out. Yep. And then in some instances, right, we didn't have an offer on a home or we only had the one mm -hmm. and, or we had to encourage that person. Well, just make whatever offer you can give your best, put your best foot forward. Um, and they were able to pick up a home at asking or maybe slightly above. Um, but isn't that interesting that people would kind of pump the brakes if, Geez, 400, uh, I don't know, because yeah. 400 might mean I have to offer 425 or 435 to get it. I'm just not even going to offer. And so some people are a little skittish because of that, thinking like, I'm not going to keep driving this. I'm going to wait. Yeah. And uh, we're just encouraging people, like, you just make your make your offer, make your best offer. If the house checks many of your boxes, go. Yeah. Uh, don't think you've got to wait for a price reduction. Because then, right, in the buyer sentiment, oh, I'm going to wait. If they lower the price, maybe more buyers come in and then it gets bid back up. We've seen that happen in the past as well. Yeah. And I think home buyers have been trained that whatever they're looking at, they need to assume they're going to have to pay more for the house than the list price. So when you yeah. list a price at 400,000, if the buyer's budget is 400,000 and they yeah. see that at 400, they think, well, I can pay for that. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's, I, I know it's going to sell for more because they've been trained that way. So they tend to back off it's, thinking they, they won't right. work for them anymore. And, it's, it's sort of that messy middle, right? Because exactly. then, well, the house needs work or, you know, we've got to do an inspection. And I don't know if we can do an inspection and still negotiate. So we're in that messy middle where it's just, again, you don't know. It takes two to tango. So you've got to make an offer. And we always say, right, it takes a buyer and a seller to agree to terms. Buyer just put forth their terms. Seller has already demonstrated a term, the price. Can we meet somewhere? Yep. 
and you, you don't know until you make an offer, right? Yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I was just going to take say, a yeah. shot and see what happens. Yeah, um, you'll never get accepted if you never send the. We are, we are under contract on a number of them as buyer agents on properties that we did get below asking. Yep. And so that is happening too, which then leads into uh, headline uh, trend number three, more price reductions, um, which is 19% are experiencing a price reduction, which yep. is up 7%. Uh, so we are seeing that, you know, maybe it's probably a combination of a few things of uh, sellers that still think it's the market of old, yep. whether that's six months to a year ago. Uh, and well, let's test it. Let's see. I've got a yep. great home. Maybe someone will pay a premium for, and, and, you know, agents might say, well, right. You ever been to an auction? If you were to put it a little bit lower, we'll find out and the market will tell at the same time, you might feel bad as an agent saying, well, I don't want to leave money on the table for my client. I want to get them the best price in terms, but we've also seen it's kind of dialing it back a little bit within a certain percentage. It could get bid up. My goal is to get more people through your home, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, so that they do see that you've got a great property and perhaps they will pay more than what we have it listed at. I can't guarantee that. However, the more people that come through, draw that pyramid at the bottom, the more there's more buyers at a lower price and they'll bid it up likely. Can't say that for sure. However, if we price it too high, we don't have, we might not have as many buyers, we might not have any buyers yeah. if people aren't seeing your home and then we're lowering the price and then we're telling the market, oh, is there something wrong or did just they overprice it? And now we're backpedaling to try to get buyers back into your home. And we'd like to avoid that. We want to get them. It's like you got one shot to make a first impression. Exactly. And really that first week, two weeks, it might even be less now. Um, but with lack of inventory, enter the market so that you're in it, not just on it. We yeah. like to say that's a, that's a great right. way to say it. And I, and I do think that, you know, the strategy around pricing property has come back to understanding not just what the house might be worth, but also how it, how it looks comparative to the competition that is right. out there. And I know that's something you've been preaching kind of within the team is, right. you know, we need to be thinking about how best to present the house to ensure it gets the most eyes. And, and when you look at these last two points, you know, are we seeing fewer homes sell above list price? Maybe not necessarily fewer homes, but maybe they're not selling for the same amount over, right. so which gets into that means pricing it's, is more important. Exactly. And then when you look at price reductions, are we seeing some price reductions? Absolutely. As, as many as this, as the trend says in this area, yeah. probably not. But again, it gets back to the strategy of pricing. We need to make sure we're getting the most exposure to a home in the best possible light so our clients can get what they need. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be people that come into play, whether it's an agent or the consumer, the, the seller that mm -hmm. maybe a little bit late to the game, they, they got their market analysis a couple months ago and they still think that's the price yeah. and you've got to revisit and actually see what the competition is now. Sadly, some agents and consumers are looking back to historical six months to a year ago's numbers. Well, right. What's happening today. Right. And we saw that shift with the interest rates. So You've got to you've got to play that and and watch. Um, it's better to come in a little light with insurance that it could get bit up. I got to get people into your home. They can't buy it if they're not willing to go see it. And they're looking on their phones at value: bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, and amenities. Location, obviously, too. However, it's again like if there's a number to compare against, they're looking at and what you might have paid. What do I get for my money? Is this worth mm -hmm. it? Do I see myself here? And then those boxes get checked yep. and they go from there. So I've got to get them off their couch or their laptop to come to your house to see it such that they see that value, not just on the, you know, pretty pictures online. Yeah. And I think one thing we're seeing, and, and you can elaborate on this is I think mm -hmm. for in a tight inventory market, I think sellers are now more conscious of will this close right. versus how much they're willing to pay because 
they don't want to miss potentially their one shot to get their next house by having something that drags on or delays or maybe doesn't close because Absolutely. of something that comes up. So I really think that's where having a strong agent, a local lender, and just having all your ducks in a row so that the qualifications, you make sure that, right, the buyer's pre-qualified. You and your agent, your listing agent should be calling the lender to just check in, right? Are they really solid buyer? What what might hold us up? And will this property appraise? Inspection contingency, et cetera, because, right, sellers are saying, okay, in a multiple offer situation, it really comes out A, B, C, and D. It's not always price. It's the certainty in the next 30 to 45 days, is my home going to close? Because every time we open up the newspaper or scroll online or turn the news on, could something impact, right? Saudi Arabia decreases production of oil. That, you know, creates a little riff in things. And so financials change. And then people get worried about the economy or their job. And then buyers could backpedal if the stock market drops. It's like, you know, where's their money coming from for their down payment? All of that. You've got to watch that. And um, so a lot of things come into play when you know, people pay close attention to the media. Absolutely. It's out of our control. Absolutely. And this, this ties nicely into the fourth trend, which is where is, you know, homes are taking longer to sell. We're seeing yeah. roughly 50 days on market, which is actually up 29 days from where it was. Cause we were seeing yeah, a lot of wild. things close quickly. Yeah. I don't think we're necessarily seeing days on market stretch out quite that far here locally, but we're definitely yeah. seeing things take a little bit more time because in some cases the seller needs more time. Well, and I'd also say that indicates that there's less cash or the cash is already purchased sure. a fair amount of that. I mean, there's still cash in the market, but then you're seeing more financing. You're seeing more FHA. RD is coming in, you know, the USDA loans, uh, VA even. So it's taking time, right? Appraisals are happening versus the appraisal waiver, which caused properties to close quicker, even if they were financed. Mm-hmm. So that shortened the, you know, the, the, yep. the craziness of six months to a year ago was a couple of those facets and factors of offers kind of washed away and shortened that window. Um, But I'm also seeing, right, people maybe price too high. They've got to lower it so that you lose a week or two there, um, which is obviously impact that. And then buyers too, they wake up each day wondering, what's the interest rate? I'm listening to the media. What's the rate? Uh, Let's maybe another house will come on. We're starting to see more inventory, even though, right, number of listings has continued to fall yet. Now we're in the season where more inventory is coming in. So people right, see a house, eh, maybe that's not perfect. Let's sleep on it. Open up your laptop, get an alert on your phone. A new listing came in. Well, let's go see that one. And then you forget about the other mm-hmm. one. So we also have to make sure that we're letting sellers know, right? The tendency was people looked at three to eight homes before they bought one in the past. Maybe they buy the first one they see yet. Now it's causing a little bit of pause. Maybe I'll wait and see another home. Until they see that one get away, some buyer still, uh, let's wait and see another one. Oh, lost that one. Oh, shoot. Okay. Maybe another one will come up. And so that's creating more time on the market too. Yeah. Something to consider. Well, and I think you raise a good point too, is I think that, you know, we're measuring against numbers, a lot of numbers from last year, which were, I would say artificially low, because if you're up 29 days from 50, (laughs) that means we're closing things in 21. 21, That's not standard. The market used to be 30 to 45 was standard. Yeah. So, right. So cash influenced that a lot. Appraisal waivers, obviously Um, people moved quickly. Um, Some lenders, right. Got those appraisal waivers and moved quick to get their buyers to win out in a multiple offer situation. Yeah. So I, I would say anybody, anybody watching, I would say that, you know, are we seeing these trends specifically in Cumberland, York County to a certain extent, maybe not to the same extent as we're seeing them statewide, right. but we're also measuring off, measuring off some artificially yeah. low 
bases because the market was just that much different last year. Yeah. So you know, shifting gears to playing into that, though, um, we know that there was a, a cool article in Main Biz, and I saw this uh, um, infographic on Instagram, uh, was the migration to Maine. Yeah. And some of the statistics was really cool. Um, I saw, um, case in point was, right, one in four out of one in four transactions were from an out of state buyer and that moved to one in three during COVID mm -hmm. and it's back to one in three now. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing people, you know, I think it's Massachusetts is number one, makes sense. New Hampshire, number two. Yes. Our neighbors. So they like to flock to Maine. They've vacationed here. Uh, there's movement and we'll talk about why we see that movement. Sure. Um, but then to see Florida, yep. number three, New York, four, California, number yeah. five, a uh, little different uh, climate. Yeah, as opposed to as opposed to mean, but um, you know some of the businesses are saying, well, right, relocate. Um, we'll pay you to work there, and you can work from home and be remote, and maybe still get paid as if you were living in California, or maybe cost a little bit. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit too, as the uh, kind of the economy, the the commercial aspects. Um, those rankings have also been consistent. So 2001, 2000, 2021, yeah. 2022 were are very similar. Maybe one, yeah. I think Texas was in 2021's number. It was, and then it quickly fell and out. Then it, and then it moved out. Um, and I don't know what, again, another interesting climate uh, difference to come from hot to cold. Yep. And we saw um, Connecticut move into the top five in right. 2021. But I think right. people were kind of escaping bigger cities at that point a little bit too. And um, we've seen some consistency the last couple of years, but yeah. what I find interesting is, you know, I think most people think of Florida, people are moving from Maine to Florida, to Florida right? There's definitely more people going from Maine to Florida, but it's surprising yeah, how many are also coming back. Come back right? What I've always found fascinating is when I, when I've, when I used to travel the country in my past job, right. um, I used to run into people everywhere that had a tie to Maine, right. whether it was family right. or they vacationed here or yeah. they, you know, everybody seems to have some tie to this, sure. you know, it's a big state in terms of land, little state in terms of people. Yeah. Um, but I run into the people that have ties to this area. And I think over the last few years, when people are looking at quality of life and cost of living, I think they looked at Maine and went, wow, like sure. I wouldn't mind returning there. Yeah. Yeah. And some of our larger companies did an excellent job recruiting. They Absolutely. saw the writing on the wall that way right, we've got to attract people and you know, there's some talented folks. It's the cost of living, the lifestyle is, is much better. And these people really appreciated that. So, you know, a lot of folks that we talked to um, would say, yeah, you know, I came to Maine or geez, I'd never been to Maine, but wow, it's, it's, it's really cool. There's a lot to do in such a little area. And I'm still close to Boston. I can get to, I can fly to New York, Philadelphia, Florida, just a quick flight. Um, and then take it from there. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately with all the national press that Portland's gotten yeah. over the last couple of years, Biddeford's gotten a lot of it. And sure. Uh, I think that all that national press has taken away this great hidden secret that we had here in Maine. And given the, given the whole country, right. what we do up here. <laughs> and that's also drawn people, I think, because they see the quality of life and the balance they can get that, you know, you can't get that balance in Los Angeles or Orlando or Miami. Yeah. You get a diff much different lifestyle, but for some people, whether they've got kids or maybe the thing about retiring, maybe getting away from that kind of hustle and bustle and the loudness of these cities yeah. is attractive given the fact that Maine's got a lot to offer. And then there was the thought too, is the, you know, these folks moved here, they kind of escaped, they went to the ruralness and, you know, a lot of people picked up land, were building houses, just kind of escaping. They had been here on vacation, thought, well, let's get the heck out of like the cities, you know, so, you know, the big, you know, New York, um, you know, most of the Texas, California and, and came to, came to Maine and then stayed put because they're. Um, employer said, we're at work remotely. That's fine. We thought maybe some would return, kind of miss the hustle and bustle of New York City when COVID subsided and, right. and improved, um, you know, our immunity to it and vaccine, you know, vaccines and stuff. Um, but uh, we didn't see that.
no. there's there's a handful, but not the majority that we thought, and they've they've stayed put. Yeah, so the the population influx really maxed out in 20 and 21, which makes sense. Yeah, People were right. coming here to get out of the cities and mm -hmm. and you know try to pick up some space. And then we thought in 2022 and 2023, when things maybe got back to normal, right. people would miss the cities and they want sure. to go back to them. Um, but I think you nailed it. I think in the in a remote remote world environment, people are happy to work from anywhere. Yeah. They want to go where the quality of life is. They can still make their California wage and live in Maine, which is certainly to their benefit. Um, and our quality of life is tough to beat. So we're not beginning. I mean, I'm, there's definitely people that have gone back, mm -hmm. but we're not seeing any sort of large scale trend where where even even a small piece of that group that came here in 20 and 21 is going back. Yeah. It's been one off here and there. We're not seeing the trend out, which we all expected we'd see. And so then, you know, I know you're the commercial guy. So if we yeah. go back, you know, 2020, we're, let's, let's look like April, May, June, we saw hospitality. We saw office space desolate. Oh, you know, yeah. almost like, holy crap. I mean, a lot of those applied for the um, PPP money. Right. And then there was the concern of, well, right. Are people going to go back to the office? But then, repurpose of space happened and I, you know, tell them, tell us more about what that transitioned to and why now you can't find commercial space. Yeah. Commercial, uh, com the commercial market is very tricky right now. Yeah. And there, there is inventory out there. Um, a lot of it is, is around the perimeter. A lot of it is older and a lot of it sure. is maybe potentially single or special purpose that doesn't necessarily work as well. So yeah. when you think about the core tenants of commercial real estate, it was always kind of retail industrial and office. Those are the big sense, things. Right. Um, Retail, obviously, in 2020 was under major pressure. In 2021, it was under some pressure. We're seeing retail come back because I still do think, and we're big believers in it, that small mm -hmm. business matters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think a lot of people took the opportunity maybe during lockdown to maybe learn a skill, create, you know, come up with a craft, kind of, you know, yeah. a business plan. Right. And many of them now are coming back out and grabbing up those smaller spaces. And that, you know, that ingenuity and desire mm -hmm. to like call it your own. I mean, totally. we even see people say like, my dream was always to own my own business. And so I finally like took the plunge and that's happening a lot more. Mainers just, they have that in their blood that, uh, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it's really fascinating to see. And you hear of people that, you know, they started from a, you know, a basement or a garage doing odds and ends. And like all of a sudden this flourished into a big thing. And, uh, you know, now they're on the internet and their business is basically worldwide. Um, and they're delivering, you know, stuff from widgets everywhere. Uh, so it's really cool to see yet then space became, Oh crap. Right. You know, I thought this would be all open and you can't, you can barely find anything. There's yeah. very low inventory on the commercial side too. And so that's increased pricing. Yeah. And what's interesting too, is on the office, office space side, we expected we'd see a lot of office space that kind of sits or gets repurposed. And a lot of times it's getting cut up into smaller spaces and leased to several people. Yeah. In some cases it may be getting repurposed into something that's more production oriented because really the driver of all this has been industrial. Everybody wants real estate that is revenue generating. And for right. most companies, office is overhead. That's where yeah. your support staff works. Right. But your industrial space where you're you're doing your assembly or your distribution or your last mile distribution, that's where yeah. the money is made. Yeah. So that's where the focus has been. Industrial space is almost impossible to come across right now. And on top of all that, you've had some of these big companies, you know, the Downs announced that Costco is coming. You've seen some mm -hmm. of these bigger companies where Maine's now on their radar, they're coming in. Well, when they come in, a lot of businesses come in alongside of them or around them or the people that have moved here have, have taken their businesses from wherever they were and they've put them here. You know, Amazon's been sniffing around Maine for a little while to look at a last mile delivery facility. So 
we're seeing the bigger companies go, oh yeah, you know, Maine's actually a pretty attractive market. We should be there. And oh, by the way, we've got a lot of employees who live there now too. So we can really kill two birds right. with one stone. That's exactly right. Well, yeah. And speaking of small business, we uh, had the opportunity to sit down at uh, Maine's original brew pub, Gritty's right uh, on 4th Street in Portland to uh, have a chat with Herb Ivy over the captain over at WBLM. And uh, we'll share that with you. I know you're passionate about music, but to get your entire company to come in here to come vote for these matchups, man, wow. It's amazing. Thanks so much for having us. This is all the, the team. This is everyone, yeah. This is great. We are at the uh, <laughs> Town Square Media, WBLM Studios, and Herb Ivy's office, which has a heck of a collection of gold, silver, platinum records, and yeah, everything yeah. under the sun, yeah, yeah, yeah. autographed guitar. You work with a lot of businesses and, and things that support the station. How vital is it to support the small businesses? And how important are small businesses? To they're they're everything. You know, you know, not just uh, they're they're part of the fabric of of our community. Without small businesses, I mean, just look on this just look on this block that we're that we're here. You know, there's not. There's no big, gigantic businesses here. When a community loses that, the lack of small businesses changes the entire fabric of a, of a city. So, like, Maine is one big, small town, right? So it has to be supported by, like, for small businesses. So I feel passionate about that. I mean, we get to work with so many with big, huge businesses. But, I mean, the good stuff is small businesses. They're, you know, owner-owned and operated. You know, it is their livelihood. So for us to be able to work with them and help them grow is really super rewarding for us. Uh, this is the ticket, the stub of the Cumberland County Civic Center. Elvis was to play on August 17th, 1977 here in Portland. And uh, unfortunately it passed away the, the night before this concert uh, was to happen. Oh here's boy. The, here's the original ticket and uh, well intact and uh, yeah. Some history there. Forbes has named the 30 prettiest cities in the country. Portland was number 15. What do you think yeah. about that? I mean, you know, we are so <laughs> lucky. We forget about that. You know, we forget that we have the water two blocks away from us, that, you know, with the mountains. Yeah. We have, I mean, in terms of quality of life. Music you know, is, is unparalleled. Like, it's great to come down here in the summertime and everyone's here vacationing and you're like, oh yeah, we just yeah, live here. We live here yeah. where yeah. people yeah. vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so in terms of a destination, in terms of bringing, I mean, it's a great place to work. It's a great place to to raise a family. It's a great place if you like local beer. <laughs> oh, craft um, beer, it's like craft beer is yeah. the city. So it's it's a, it's incredible what Portland has and the whole yeah. our main have become. Sure. Final question: What do you think about the food scene in Portland? My gosh, <laughs> I tell you, my belly, my belly likes it. We moved downtown. Part of the reason was to be able to walk to all these amazing places. It's absolutely amazing how you know. Remember, it was just one place, and then it was just Street and Company, and now we've got what 15 yeah. James Beard nominees right, coming right. from this state incredible. from like. You know, places I've never even heard of yet. So I'm gonna have to quit my job and just go tour and go eat for a year. Take us a take a sabbatical. Yeah, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a wingman. I'm gonna need a wingman. Eat entertainment museums. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. The creative economy here is 
you know, we talk about small businesses, but like that we talk about creative economy, the arts, and you know, I would put restaurants in, you know, in that kind of a wide, wide definition of what creative economy is. Like that is such a huge part of the personality of of Maine now. Uh, it's, a, it's just amazing. When I got here in '85, we were just starting the transition from vinyl to these things called compact discs, oh, yeah. and now it's just one giant iPod. You know, it's one giant, uh, one giant database, which we can call up on my phone or on my personal computer and start playing music at 1 a.m. Yeah. But we would never do that. <laughs> We'd never abuse our privilege. Um, so when I got here, CDs, we used to play reel-to-reels. When we talk about copy, cutting, and pasting, we would literally do that with a tape, with reel-to-reel. Literally cut with a, with a razor blade, tape it together. So, and now it's all, of course, it's all, it's all about digitally. I have a question for Jeff. Jeff, do you see like the landscape changing of how many people are actually relocating from other states to come and take advantage of the things that? Oh, it's, it's incredible. We, uh, I think we saw it during COVID. It, Pre-COVID, it was one in four out-of-staters bought a home in Maine. Now it's one in three. And they've come here vacationing and then just said, well, what the heck, what the hell am I doing here? Let's stay here. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of folks that are, came and rented have come back uh, and they've gone on vacation and said, well, why don't I own? I'll still, if I have to go back home for work or kids in school, I'm still gonna keep this place and I'll rent it when I'm not here. And some just said, no, I'm just gonna stay. And uh, we have two or three clients from California, Michigan. Right. So some states that it's you didn't really see. New like yeah, we always saw like Massachusetts, New Hampshire, right. Connecticut was the common Vermont. Right. What's uh, been Colorado. Kind of, what's been the recipe for success for you and this crew? Yeah. It's the follow-up. It's the you know delivering great service. You know, making sure that people are satisfied with how we treat them and the process. Uh, and then it's the follow-up. It's not just after. The, you know, the closing, you get a commission check, right? There's a reward. We stay in touch. So we're getting the referrals after the fact. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a process to get to closing, but then there's an after. So you don't, you know, we don't go away. We're here to help. Do you need a babysitter? Like, do you need to know where, you know, it's different things? Like, of course, you can open Jeff a bank Mateo account. will babysit your children. <laughs> no, I don't think he's so I would. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would. Yeah, depending on the age. Well, so, so Herb Ivy, uh, the captain, Obviously has our all of our spots on WBLM and has been the captain for what thirty five plus years. My uh, first job out of college in nineteen eighty five. Unbelievable, right? So kind of crazy. So very very lucky. Um, have loved working with Jeff and with Danny and all telling your story. I'm sure there's a lot of people in your business where. You get it done and then that's it. It's yeah, there's there's few that follow up. Transactional. The, right, yeah. right. Yeah, this is all about a person and persons and uh, relationships. So we know that that carries forward and we've taken many, you know, classes and gone to trainings where it was about the residual of they their family grows or they know friends and coworkers that need to buy or sell. They refer you. It's much easier to receive referrals from a trusted uh, friends than to go try to market to attract new people that don't yeah. know you yet. Yeah. Um, and then it's like a pretty crowded space and there's thousands of real estate agents. So yeah. to just earn that from your past clients. Yeah. To tell everything about you, the raving fan, you know, like yourself. Yeah. To, to show from the rooftops yeah. what a great job the Matea Group has done to yeah. help you buy or sell. 
speaks volumes. Especially here in Maine, especially in well, New England. Exactly, exactly. Right. and that level of trust, the credibility that comes with. Yeah. We had a great experience. They're gonna trust that friends. It's, it's an intense, like buying, selling a home. It's a big it, moment. It's big moment, it's big money, it's big emotion. It's stressful, yeah. There's, there's a like lot of you got like you as a like you're an even keeled Exactly. Yeah. I mean much of the team is as well. Um, so we we take a relaxed approach. We can be we can be as aggressive as you need, but we also take a relaxed approach because we know what people are going through. We've been there. A lot of the team members have bought and sold properties personally themselves. Yeah. So they know that we've been in your shoes yeah. to know what that feels like. Yeah. What that means when I've got to go to work the next day and I've got all the stuff I've got to think about right. on, in, in the transaction. Well, we take a lot of that off your plate so that the experience is smooth. Yeah. And you know, even behind the scenes, our operations staff are handling paperwork. And so it's not just the agent in the field. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make sure our lenders and title companies and insurance companies that all need stuff from our client are getting it timely so that yeah. again there's not like hiccups along the way that uh closing got delayed because yeah and we've also done over 300 transactions each year yeah so it's that level of experience that it just happens time and time again you go through it each and every day so that this one time that you might do it every four to seven years yeah. doesn't feel like oh my god this is like such a hassle no it's it's a no you're simple uh, everybody, all the signatures up here, the people who are actually here, here. in the yeah. studio. Different type of market now than a couple of years ago with interest rates, with inventory. How do you all approach that now? It hasn't changed. It's we, we say back to basics. We never really left basics. It's still keeping those relationships going and talking to people and communicating. Uh, we say real estate is a contact sport, meaning more like we gotta we gotta get belly to belly eye to eye right. with folks pick up the phone call text message them I so that they you know folks. that's right <laughs> i wanted to sell my house right? yeah yeah and uh you know so social media is um prevalent video a lot of folks are, are you know out there and putting themselves out there is it, it still doesn't remove that it's a people business yeah um, and it's all relationship driven so the zillows and the Redfins can't take away that right yeah. grab a beer and iced tea with yep. a friend and, and talk real estate it's kind of like us with like satellite radio yeah. it's like you can listen to leonard skinner anywhere yeah but when you listen to it on blm there's you know it's with people you know it's with me and celeste you're listening with it yeah. it's so it's a similar similar kind of thing yeah absolutely it's amazing yeah. Yeah. and we love what we do too i mean that's the thing is like I think that you know you don't see in some of the marketing what well, we hear from you on the radio but right. you might not see in some marketing pieces is the the passion the excitement that agents have for what they do yeah I mean, this is like i said a full-time you know this is their career yeah so when they show up to an appointment to work with a buyer or seller you those people get that feeling and know yeah. their hearts in this and they care about you and what you what you mean to them yeah buying and selling a home and what we're doing for that particular client and we've helped a lot of people move to the area move out of the area for various reasons there's some personal aspects to that that leaving a home that was the place you lived for 40 years or where you raised your family or you know, got divorced and had to maybe put that right. emotion aside you know that experience aside you guys really we, are we part of people's and, lives absolutely yeah the yeah. biggest investment that's right. right. It's a huge financial right. move. It's amazing. It's often yeah. the biggest one for everyone. Well, you guys have done such a good job in terms of being top of mind. You know, you've got a great crew. You've got a great team here. But, you know, when people, I, I can't tell you how many times when people, when I meet people, like, 
you know, they want to talk about the Stones and they want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, uh, ZZ Top and then Jeff Matea. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right in there with the Stones well, we and ZZ just, Top. Herbie and I were just making a pitch last week to a medical supply manufacturer. And the reason they wanted BLM was because you do Jeff Matea. Yeah, that darn jingle. Yeah, That's I can't right. get that jingle out of my head. Can you yeah, yeah. make me a jingle? <laughs> no, I only do one jingle, it's Jeff, yeah, Jeff Matea it's jingle, Jeff. but yeah, yeah. amazing, man. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, we Incredible. appreciate all that you do. Love working with you. So happy for your success. Looking forward to more success. Yeah. You've got a great leader. Um, and so just I'm glad we could do this. Let's do this more often next year. So cheers. cheers. Yeah, so thanks again to Herb Ivy of WBLM. You recognize him as the captain, 102.9. That was awesome to just sit down and chat with him about the you know local businesses and see everything that he has and kind of the artifacts of the folks that have visited the station in 50 years, WBLM celebrating 50, 50 years. That's that's wild. And he's been so plugged into the economy of Maine, the music scene of Maine, the arts and entertainment se segment of Maine that he it's it's like sitting there with the oracle of all the history of it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a lot a, of fun. And he's like the national treasure. Yeah. Um, and we're lucky to have him here in Portland, Maine. Yeah, so. Super passionate about the area. We uh, we thank everybody for tuning into the Maine Real Estate Show. Uh, that's pretty much a wrap. We had some great stats. And thanks again. Tune in next time to where you join us for your podcast, the Maine Real Estate Show and the Maine Real Estate Show .com. And you can find us on jeffsellsmain.com as well as 207-553-2605 with any questions, comments, or concerns. Thanks again for listening.